anybody hear me out there? Okay. Let me know, and I'll turn it off when you're ready. <laughs> well, I kind of felt, I got to admit, I, I felt bad for Nathan. I vaguely remember way back when, when I was in college or high school, and oh, I hated it when they gave you a term paper that was due like after your vacation or after the holiday. <laughs> so you're the whole, whole time you're off, you're thinking, oh, I got to do this thing. I never did, though. I always waited till the night before. I didn't wait till the night before on this. I mostly just worried. <laughs> oh, anyway. Well, I was trying to think of or listen to the Lord what to uh, speak about today. And I, I don't know, I, I kept, I thought, thought about, for some reason I was thinking about Abraham came to mind. I can't remember. Must have been, must have read something or heard something. And the part that struck me was Abraham was saved by faith. I think I'll read the verse in here. Anyway, it was imputed to him for righteousness because he believed in God. So I got thinking about that. And then I was also thinking about, well, how would you, if I get to mumble and kind of raise your hand, I, I tend to mumble a lot. My wife thinks I'm talking to her, but I'm not. I'm just mumbling. <laughs> so anyway, I was thinking about sharing, uh, how I would share my faith with somebody. I hope I don't get struck here, which I, I don't do very often, so I'm not good at it. And I thought, well, why not study up on that and maybe I'll share it here. There's people who are new, who maybe uh, haven't heard the whole story. So I was going to kind of say, I don't know, if you go to college, a, a Christian college, usually you have to take a, either a New Testament survey or an Old Testament survey. These are semester classes. So I thought, well, I'll save you the time. I'm going to do a whole Bible survey today. So uh, I better get with it. No. And I don't know if it's going to take 10 minutes or 30 minutes, but I want to get to the idea of why you know, God loved us and his process of showing us that love and redeeming us. I'll say a quick prayer. Well, I'll pray. Lord, I just ask that you would show us through your word what each person here needs to know. You know what they need. You love them. You want to show them that you love them. And uh, my intent was in all these verses that you would have the opportunity to show yourself. I just pray that your Holy Spirit would work through them and glorify yourself. In Christ's name, amen. Okay. Well, in the beginning, God created man. We know that. That's kind of basic stuff. For us, anyway. The world doesn't believe that. So God created man. Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, Created he them. Boy, is the world ever confused about that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so that's kind of a starting point. So that's where we started. And then I don't know how long. I, I, I should take time to talk to Nate or Pastor Paul or somebody who's done a lot of study. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows how long Adam was alive before the serpent showed up and uh, kind of messed everything up which was his intent. 
But anyway, okay, so God created man, and then in Genesis 2, 16, and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. To me, I was thinking, okay, God gave man free will. So he created man in his image. I don't know if part, that was part of the image was man has an opportunity to obey or not obey. But he also warned him, you can eat of this, but if you eat of the one tree, you're going to die. Now, so that's our warning. Okay, then 3, 10, and 11. Genesis 3, 10, 11. And he said, I heard the... Okay, this is after Satan came as a serpent and tempted Adam and Eve. And, you know, I can relate. They jumped right in. Said, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Ate of the fruit they were warned of. Anyway, let me read this. I, I had some thoughts as I was going through them. 3, 10, 11. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. This is Adam speaking. Because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, and he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded thee, thou shalt eatest not? And I, I don't know if I've had this thought before, and it's, you'll probably think, well, duh. That's where Adam got a sin nature. He knew he was naked. And I've read that many, many times, and... I was thinking, okay, where do, so at that point, he, in the knowledge of good and evil, it, it makes sense. However, that gave him the nature to sin. He said he knows something's wrong, um, which, I don't know, that kind of struck me as uh, something I just hadn't thought of that before. And I don't think it was because they didn't look good, because they were made perfect and it hadn't been that long. I thought of that song, I don't know if you've heard it, I don't look good naked anymore. <laughs> now, like, now me being naked would be sin, that, I mean, that's obvious, but these guys probably look pretty good still, so it wasn't the fact that they looked bad, they weren't supposed to be naked for whatever reason, I really don't know why, but that was something God gave them knowledge of that before they didn't, and it was wrong. Okay. So, they've disobeyed God. And then verse 19, the same chapter. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till I return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Well, so that says, you're going to die. He's going to return to dust. And that's what God said what happened is you know, before I thought, well, he didn't really die physically. And we'll say, yes, he, he died spiritually because he was separated from God. God couldn't look on him. Uh, well, I shouldn't put it that way, but he was ashamed to be with God because he was, had sinned. And I guess that was innate in his new nature. But here God says he's going to die. Now, I didn't write it down. Adam lived to be 900 and, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 years old. So it, it was a while later, but he physically died also. So God says something's going to happen. It's going to happen. It might take a while, much to our chagrin, but it's going to happen. 
So we have God created man and man screws up. There's a separation, definitely a physical separation or a spiritual uh, and a physical also. I don't think God doesn't talk to him every day in the garden like he did Adam. Okay, then I, I didn't, I'm going to jump to uh, Abraham, but in the meantime, I thought, gee, we, you know, Noah. Well, you know, everybody was, things were horrible. Bad as San Francisco or something. Uh, and God said, well, Noah, apparently he was the only righteous man on the earth. And let's see, I don't know how many people were on the earth. This was probably a few hundred years later. But there's only one left. And why, you know, no, I know God was in Noah. He, he just believed, he believed God too. I don't know. Uh, and I was thinking, oh, obviously he believed God. God said, hey, build an ark. Every time I think of that, I think of Bill Cosby. The younger people might not remember that, but <laughs> he had a great routine on Noah, and I'll, I'll try not to get off, but you can go on YouTube and listen to it. It's hilarious. It's kind of like, <laughs> an ark? What's an ark? Anyway, says, God told Noah, I'm going to destroy the earth, build an ark. Well, did he believe God? Well, it sounded like, and I tried and looked it up, apparently nobody knows exactly how long it took to build the ark, but somewhere in the area of close to 100 years. I think it was 100 years between when God talked to him and when the rain came. So obviously you believe God because he spent 100 years working on this project. Now that's faith. If a project takes over about six hours, I'm done. But Noah believed God. So we, you know, we, we kind of gloss over. I'm going to gloss over and go to Abraham, but Noah believed God. And I don't know if the language is there. I would, I'm pretty safe, I think, in saying that God accounted it to him for righteousness. At least he said that with Abraham, who did the same thing. Okay, so, yeah, the world was all screwed up, so God killed everybody but Noah and his family. And I don't know how long it was till Abraham came along, and he's, I'll jump forward. I want you to read these verses on your own. At least you'll get that, even if I'm just mumbling Okay, here God contacts Abram, later Abraham. And we're in uh, Genesis 12, uh, not too far. A lot happens in these first several chapters of Genesis. 12, 4, 1 to 4. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I'll make, thee a, make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Key, this is pointing to Christ, which is where we'll ultimately end up. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and, the, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Again, Christ. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham, or Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Heck, he was older than I am, kind of like Moses. We don't know about Abraham before this much, but I was a voice out of the sky said, Abram, get up and move. Where? Well, I'll show you. That'd be kind of a shock, I think, to most of us, just pack up and, and leave. And I don't know if he was, a, he lived near Ur, it said, so I'm not sure if he was a city dweller, if he still lived in tents already. If he had tents, it'd be a little easier to pack up and leave. But still, uh, that's quite a shock. 
But Abram obeyed, Genesis 15, 5 to 6. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be, many his children, grandchildren, whatever. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Romans 3.23. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for the law is the, of the law is the knowledge of sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory, glory of God. I'm sorry, that's out of place. But it's still true. I was thinking of the Romans passage, which we'll probably read later, where it said it was, it was imputed to Righteousness was imputed to Abraham because he believed. Okay, so Abraham obeyed God. To me, it takes a lot of faith. That was over a long period of time. He ends up, you know, God takes him to Canaan and eventually has a son. I think he's, was he, was Abraham 100? I think he was either 100, thanks, and Sarah was maybe a little younger when they finally had Isaac. That takes faith. Now, they kind of dinked around and made a few errors on the way, but hey, <laughs> it's a lot better than I would have done. But anyway, he answered that God did what he said he would do. So, and in the end, once again, jumping ahead, we're pointing to Christ, who was a descendant of Abraham and Isaac. Okay, see anybody slumped over too bad. Okay, we, then, that's where I wanted Romans. After Abraham, I didn't, want, I didn't want to totally pass over the law, Moses and the law. This is another, at least, these are all attempts of God. Not, I don't use the word attempts because God knows what's going to happen. And so it wasn't like he said, well, maybe this will work because he knew it wasn't going to work. Anyway, so God went through the law. He gave Moses the law. And I don't think I've ever made it all the way through Leviticus, but there's lots of laws. And it was an attempt to bring, you know, bring people back to himself. Um, now, this is what we find out about the law, and, and God knew it. it. It was to show us that we can't obey the law. He gave you these laws, says, hey, obey this, these laws, and this is what it's going to take for you to be righteous. Well, good luck with that. It didn't, la it didn't you know, day two, it didn't work. Probably day one. But uh, I don't know why God did it that way. He knows why he did it that way. Once again, he's pointing to Christ. Hebrews 9.22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission of sins. That's something you get looking at the law. And I think it's, well, it's not cultural. But, you know, I don't even like, fortunately, I'm a terrible hunter. I like to go deer hunting because I like camping and just getting out. Well, I kind of like camping for two or three days. But I don't even like gotten out of deer. I mean, that's a mess. I don't know if you've ever done it. You get blood all over and smells. And... But these guys, I mean, you read the law and they're, they're slaughtering sheep and goats and, I don't know about goats, but sheep and doves. And eh, I mean, the temple, uh, I know Diane in Bible study, they've gone through the temple worship and man, what a mess, that place. I don't want to be disrespectful, but it must have smelled terrible. I'm sure they cleaned it. You know, I'm sure they had cleaning processes, but 
I wouldn't want to do that all the time. But without blood, there's no remission of sin. That started way back when with, uh, with Adam. God killed some animals and, and made clothes for them. So anyway, that's something that to me comes out in the law. God, you're not going to keep the law. Even you know, there's, I've met some great people and wonderful people, and there's some here. And you know, for for humans, they're great people. Uh, they're they're not going to meet God's standard. So God, I don't know. He showed us blood. It takes blood, which takes death, to cover sin, and that shows certainly shows up in the law. We're reading in Samuel. I don't know how it relates to the law, but when David was taking the ark from one place to the other, and I think it said they took like six steps and slaughtered a bullock and all these things. I mean, six steps. I don't know how far they were going, but I mean, of course, I guess they got to eat them after they slaughtered them, I, I hope. I don't know. But what a mess. So blood is, is important. And guess who that points towards? <laughs> that points towards Christ. He's the perfect lamb. I didn't go into the perfect lamb, but they said to take a lamb that was uh, unblemished to sacrifice for your sins when you went to the priest and made a sacrifice to cover your sins. Not take them away, but cover them. Anyway, that points to, towards Christ, who is, you know, we know God, he's God's son, and he was perfect. He was God, and he was man, but he was perfect. Okay. Well, I was going to say, that's the good news, but that's not the good news. That's the bad news before the good news. But it gets worse, so don't give up hope. So I hope, the, you know, the idea of you, anyway, people that aren't, don't know about Christ. I don't know, there's probably nobody here. But uh, we need a Savior. We need somebody to take our sins away. And God gives us a, has given us a, away through Christ, but he's not a wishy-washy God. I mean, there's consequences. That's what I'm getting to. So I want to read a few verses here. You have a choice, in other words, but your choices matter. Here's Matthew 25. It's easier to read it here. 25:41. This is God at the judgment. Then shall he say... Also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. That doesn't sound good. I'd rather be on the right. Because if you're on the left, you know, you're going to hell. Unfortunately, he is God. And he's not only loving, but he's righteous and just. And if you reject him, it's going to be a bad thing. You're going to be separated from God. You're going to go to hell, the judgment. Uh, just so you don't worry about the fire thing, I talked to Tony, and he has some industrial fire extinguishers here in case things get too hot. So I'll stay away from the fire and brimstone, but okay. Oh, I better read this one out of the Bible. That's too long. I don't want to steal Mike's thunder, but we'll read Revelation 20 here. He'll remind us of it down the road. Revelation 20, it's 11 to 15. Now, it's a little longer passage, but... And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, 
And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. It's not making me feel better. I don't know about you, but... And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So, I know this is complicated, and it's uh, complicated in the sense of the end times and when things happen, but everybody is going to be judged at some point. If you're not in the book of life, which means Christ has taken your sins away, you're going into the lake of fire, which isn't good. Forever. <laughs> I don't know what it said forever, but that's the point. So, John 3:36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Okay, some of these other things are happening. We're going over, we're jumping around, but this brings back the point. The, the key is, is the Son of God. He's the one who can save us. And if you don't have the Son, yeah, you're toast, basically. You're the wrath of God abideth on you, and that's not a good thing. So Christ is the key. Now the good news. The good news is God made a way for us to have our sins forgiven. I'll just read this off of here. I got so many little notes in here. I thought, well, just in case something happens, I'll have them marked, but I'll just read them off the screen. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So Christ was made sin. He knew no sin. He was, we were talking about the sacrifice, or I mentioned the sacrifice of blood. Christ is our sacrifice. His blood satisfies God. That's all we got. We got nothing. But God has made provision that Christ's blood would cover our sins and not cover them. That's the Old Testament. We'll take them away. Far as the east is from the west, it says. So this is good news. Hey, that's good news. I don't have to go to the lake of fire. I don't have to spend eternity separated from God. All right, more good news. This is good news where you have to make a choice. That's something. All right, John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, he's talking to his disciples here, I believe. Jesus saith unto him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What are you going to see? That's, that's not inclusive. That is not PC or woke. It's like my way or the highway. Now, maybe I, wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't make it that way. Maybe you wouldn't make it that way, but God doesn't care. He does what he wants to do, and we're separated from him. We're sinners, and take it or leave it. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So you've got to go through Jesus and his blood if you want to get to God. I didn't write it. It's the way it is. And it's a warning. Kind of like, hey, there's a landmine over there. Don't go walking around dancing because you might not like it. Okay, 
John 3, 16 and 17. Everybody who's watched a football game knows this one. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Okay, he loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The world's already condemned. He didn't have to do that. I mean, he did that already. But he wants to save the world or the people in the world. Of course, we've heard the John 3.16. That's ubiquitous. That's a big word. Did I use that right? Yeah. All right. Thanks. But the second part, uh, we don't always hear. He didn't send Christ to condemn the world, but to save it. At some point, I wanted to mention... Christians, I know I take for granted Christ's sacrifice every day. And I haven't watched it for a long time. If you've never seen that movie, uh, The Passion of Christ, that Mel Gibson made, hey, uh, I, I don't know that I recommend it if you're squeamish at all, uh, which I don't think I'm squeamish, but it was disturbing. But it certainly showed what Christ went through. I mean, it was awful. Because that was just an everyday thing for the Romans. I mean, that was kind of their... They just did that all the time. Maybe that's why God destroyed the world back in Noah. But anyway, it really brings brought home, hey, Christ went through that for me? So anyway, I'm not recommending it or saying it, but if you, it might give you a perspective. I, own, I bought a copy of it after I went to the theater, but I haven't had the nerve to watch it. <laughs> But if you want to kind of get a sense of what Christ went through, that, that's the best or the most realistic I've seen. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So, the only way to get to God, to get away from ourselves, our fallen selves, is to become a new creature. And that comes through Christ. All things are become new. And that happens when we, and I don't, I'm not tying it together. I mean, the Holy Spirit can do that in your heart, but it comes through believing in God. Like Abraham, he believed God through faith. So really, that's all God requires is faith. Now, I, I know just knowledge, because it says in James somewhere that they, the devils believe in God, but that's not doing them any good. So you might say, well, just belief isn't enough. So belief and some sort of action. God knows if you're really honest, and uh, maybe that shows out later. Like if Abraham had said, oh yeah, I believe you, God, but I'm not going to wherever. Anyway, it, it takes faith, but it's pretty simple stuff. Simple to know, maybe difficult to do for some people. Okay, the good news is, this might be the last verse. John 14, 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare, prepare a place for you. So, not only do we have Christ come into our heart and take away our sins, take away, not just cover, we get to be with him for eternity. I, I know some things, apparently mansion isn't used in some translations, but I'm going with a mansion. You can have a house if you want or whatever it is apartment or whatever the Greek says, but I like the mansion thing. Those are the last of the verses, but I just hope that the Holy Spirit can show you, and, and I know most of you have heard this or known this for years, but all it takes is faith in Christ 
that he died, his blood takes away your sins, and you can be right with God. But you gotta, you gotta have faith. You gotta take that step. Any more questions? Talk to Nate or Glenn or Pastor Paul or somebody knows what they're doing. But now you can talk to me too. We'll work it out. We gotta work it out. I have a verse that I like. It says uh, Mark 9. I won't read the whole. Basically, it says God's healing. One, the guy's asking for healing for his son. And he says, Lord, I believe. Help my, thou my unbelief. I can relate to that. But anyway, that's all I had. And I just pray that, you know, maybe you that have been Christians a long time, I'm, I don't know, help me to go through the mental thing of where God started and how he's dealt with man and eventually came to Christ. And if you haven't heard that or been to Sunday school lately, it, it's, I don't think it hurts to uh, go over it again. All right, Lord, we just thank you. Wow, for what you've done for us. We can't understand all these. Through centuries, they've dealt with us, and they still love us and want to have a relationship with us. Uh, and yet we know that you are righteous and you are just, and there's punishments if we don't answer your call. And I just ask that you would use these, your word today, and just glorify yourself. In Christ's name, amen.